everybody. This is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and those riddles of human nature. On this episode, we review the vintage soap opera satire, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Let's bring mom in now. Hi, mom. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing well. I uh, just had a visit from a dear friend of mine over the weekend to watch uh, a uh, lackluster weekend of football, I have to say, but um, the companionship made an enjoyable and chill experience, so that was nice. Uh, I want to make a public service announcement to my uh, fellow men, if I may. Um, Like I said, I enjoyed this visit very much. I will say that during the first game, my uh, friend, who is a fairly recent, he's come and gone, but he's a fairly recent um, renewed member of the Beard Club. Oh, and really? he, uh, for the first game, sat there almost the whole time with his soul patch in between his fingers, twisting it and yes. crinkling it. I don't know if you can hear that in the microphone right now, but you can hear it yes, sitting next can. to someone on the couch. Um and it is a sound that wormed its way into my brain. And as politely as I could at the beginning of the second game, I said, you have to leave your goddamn beard alone in this game. I can't take it anymore. Stop touching your beard. Dear, if you remember, that's on my Arias list. <laughs> beard touching. Hey, you know, I, it's right there. It's fun to run your fingers through. But, men, we got to stop playing with our yeah. beards. It is so gross looking. And, and if you can hear it, oh, it's, it is it's annoying. I absolutely hate it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> if somebody said to you, what are your top three things? I That would be in there because I hate it. Um. Again, I, you know, my hand goes there absentmindedly sometimes, too, but we got to be better at that, about that, man, because it is not a good look. But it's interesting to me that all of you, all of you don't notice this until it happens to you, until, you know, Daddy yeah. used to drive with his wrist on the wheel, just drive mm-hmm. with his wrist. And I said, you know, I, that... It makes me nervous. I don't feel confident. I don't like when you do that. And, you know, I got a lot of pushback on it. And then we went out in the car one time with Merrick, your brother, and he drove like that. And dad said, oh, I just, you know, I can't, I can't stand that. And I (laughs) said, well, what have I been saying to you for years? But that's a great example because there's some people who can't even drive with the other or can't even be a passenger. Right. Like they because being the driver is a totally different mode of operation. You know, you're in control. You know where everything is. Um, But, yeah, you you forget. And then you're in the passenger seat and you think, oh, my God, these these bad habits are wreaking havoc on my uh, fellow passengers. Right. That's right. That's right. The other rule in the car is who's ever driving gets to touch the buttons. If you're in the passenger seat, you may not touch the buttons. Oh, I'd love that because whenever I um, whenever I go anywhere with Anna, she you know, she'll want to put a podcast on. I'll say, okay, fine. Put it on two taps then oh, how does this work? How do I get I've gotten in, in more near accidents trying to operate my phone or the radio for Anna who couldn't, you know, 
It could be a button labeled and flashing radio, and she wouldn't be able to find it. Well, that's... I've done more software troubleshooting at 60 miles an hour than any person should have to. Well, my problem is with my car, the only thing I know how to do is turn the windshield wipers on. And sometimes I remember how to turn the radio on uh, because none of it is... Your car? Oh, it's like driving a spaceship. I I still don't know where the cruise control is. And every time we get in the car, I, I think, oh, I should ask Daddy to take the book out and look. And we never do it. We never do it. I've had <laughs> several speeding tickets and... All I want is to know how to use the the cruise control. I don't even care if I don't remember how to turn the radio on. I'd rather, if I can only have two things in the car, it'll be the windshield wiper and the cruise control. So, Those are good choices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is good now. So now both of our spouses will probably have something to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, David. And my friend, no less. I right, managed to right, anger right, right, right. a lot of my social circle in this. Um, but like I say, I do it, too. But we got to stop. We've got to stop playing with that beard. Yeah. He is also <laughs> my friend, too. Not a, a as good a friend as he is to you, but I consider him. Well, I consider him like my long-lost son practically i just want to say oh that's nice that's nice i love well, him he said much. that you emailed him over the um holidays and he emailed you right back and then no reply well he says you're not so great on the email frankly okay i can tell some tales out of school all right well i would like to say in my defense uh i don't know how much i'll just say him but you know how much does he want me am i bothering him that's what i don't want to do is be a bother you know what i'm hmm. saying he's your friend yeah but that sounds like bs to me no no it really isn't it really isn't because uh well one i can be annoying and two <laughs> uh i don't know how much i don't know how much different people would like me in their lives so i try not to be intrusive um mom what else you got in your mind uh well uh, some trendy things that I've read about flip phones are coming back. Have you heard this? I've heard a little bit about this, yeah. Uh, that people are feeling phones are taking over their lives and they're looking for something simpler. Uh, and so people are looking for flip phones now to simplify their lives. Hmm. Which is an so when we say flip phone, do we mean one of those folding touchscreen phones or do we mean like, hey, you open it up and you got some numbers to punch and that's it? Because if it's just a touchscreen phone that folds, which I am starting to see, and I am starting to see that called a flip phone, that's not what we're talking about with flip phone. Flip phone is like a phone and text maybe. And that's, that's it. it. Well, that was my impression. In my mind. Yeah, that was my impression of what people are looking for. Um, and I don't think that's such a bad thing. I really don't. I'm so sick of seeing people on their phones. I'm sick of you in the supermarket. Yeah. Uh, bumping, you know, just you're, you're in your phone. You're not even here at the, at the supermarket. It's, it's a pain in the ass. And if you're driving, I really hate you. Well, I'll stand at the crosswalk and count the people who are on their phones. They're all in their, their car. Phone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all, it's such a joke. It's such a joke that they made a law, a big deal. Uh, get off your phone, live life. I told you one of the saddest things I ever saw was 
uh, when when the phone explosion started happening and somebody at Friendly's with their kid just on their phone, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's a depressing sight. So I think um, a simpler thing is better. And I still have my first iPhone, so I'm all ready. I could go back to the... <laughs> no, you couldn't. You couldn't activate that thing anymore. It won't talk. It won't talk to anything. But it should. Isn't that a shame? It is a shame. It should. It is a shame. And even the phone I have now, everybody hates. <laughs> Why? Because it's it's old. It's it's. Oh, I see. I see. Even you said it's a piece of crap. I don't recall saying that. Uh. And I I want to keep it because I like the cover on it. Well, you don't remember keep it until that. it stops working. All right. Well, I hardly use it. It's mostly dead all the time. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, because I don't want to be bothered. If I go out, I'm out. I don't need to talk to you. Oh, boy, you say that, but if I fail to return a text message from you, you get salty in a real hurry. That is not true. Is it? <laughs> you know it is. Okay. Well, you know, a little bit of uh, mirror holding here, I guess. Because you're, <laughs> you're, the, you're the worst. You're the worst. And I do not like the rectangle dictating the rhythms of my day. The rectangle in my pocket... Um, so I know there's people on the other end, but I just, I hate that. And I really, in recent years have made an effort to, you know, if I'm practicing the piano and somebody other than my wife texts me, I don't, you know, she has a different buzz. So I know if it's her and if it's not her, I don't look at it. Hmm. So, well, maybe I'll have to learn how to change your buzz if I come out there. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. If you could learn how to do that, mom, that would be like you splitting the atom. It would. So yeah, yeah. go for it. Bring it, huh? Okay. Uh, you told me you had three trendy things on your mind for today. So what's the next the one? The next one is the pastina craze that's going on that you cannot buy pastina. Do you know what that is? Little teeny. Pasta? Yeah. Little teeny tiny like balls of pasta that it's become... <laughs> A very trendy dish because it's very simple to make a, uh, um, I couldn't make a meal of it, but a meal of it. Usually you throw a handful of it in soup and that's about it. But now it's become this big trendy thing where you cook your pastina and add a couple pats of butter and some Parmesan cheese, some good Parmesan cheese and stir it, stir it, stir it. And there's none on the shelves. And if you go on Amazon... A box of Ronzoni is $25. <laughs> For little pasta balls? Yep. Cook a different kind of pasta. <clears throat> it's not How about bow ties tonight? <laughs> it's not the same. It seems like there's always one sort of pasta or another. Remember the bucatini thing a year or two ago? No. Remember that? No. Bucatini, it's kind of like thick spaghetti. It's like thick strands, but they have a hole in them. Um, oh, okay. Tubular. Tubular, yeah, but um, yeah, like like thick spaghetti with a hole in it. I don't know how else to describe it. It's pasta. You yeah, yeah. Um, you couldn't get that for a while. Really? I missed that one. Uh, but the pastina. That's good. Get some bucatini the next time you're at the supermarket. It's uh, it's a nice texture. I can see why that one sold out. I had not heard about the pastina craze. Yes, and they say that a chini de pepe 
which is little stars <laughs> is not the same. It will not the the dish will not taste the same. Oh, oh, heavens. Well, you know, I think of the people living in uh, Soviet Russia in the middle of the 20th century and (laughs) standing in bread lines, and uh, now our shortages are, oh, I can't get the particular exact shape of pasta that I want. Life is still pretty good here uh, in this Western world, I have to say. Yeah, but just out of, uh, you know, curiosity, I did look on our shelves when I went to the supermarket, and there was none. There there, There was none? There was none. What is your favorite shape of pasta i like thin spaghetti uh okay i forget it does have a name Mm. you know i never had pasta till i was 14 so um it it has all been an education for me uh 14 what oh wow um and then you married an italian man yeah but I, I, I have it down pretty good now. Because I'll say, my my spaghetti sauce is, uh, I think it's called Brothers of Brooklyn. And, oh, it is the best. It's just like homemade sauce. It's really, really good. Oh, yeah? Really good. Brothers it, of Brooklyn? Yeah. There's a little club. They have- Hold on, Mom. I got to read this sponsor copy here. Um, <laughs> this episode of Pop Mom is brought to you by Prego Pasta <laughs> Sauce. It's, oh, no! It's just like homemade, except no substitutes. Prego. Mm, it's good. <laughs> it's not I don't know good. what the Prego, what is the Prego slogan? I don't know. Prego. Make it spaghetti I, I wanna... or make it yourself. Ooh, ooh. Is that it? Somebody. Make it Prego or? Yeah, something like that. Make it. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get back. Um... Make it yourself. It has to be three syllables though, doesn't it? Make it. Progresso. Oh, yeah, you're thinking of Progresso. Oh, damn. Okay. That used to be my go-to. But once I found Brothers of Brooklyn, and they make a puttanesca that's spicy, delicious. Dad loves it. Prego, it's in there. Hmm, That's not as catchy as I thought. What the hell does that mean? Um... I'm seeing here, and uh, they had the Where's the Beef lady do a commercial uh, for them, and she said, I finally found it in the Prego oh. sauce. Oh. Well, there's a little instant uh, research moment yeah, there uh, from you go. Pop Mom. Um, but, yeah, w- let's plug the actual pasta sauce one more time that you like. Brothers of... And there's no sponsorship here for the list no, of listeners. No, 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 no. There's no. no hanky-panky. Mom just likes this Brothers of Brooklyn. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Uh, I I like a manicotti. Oh, I like a manicotti. Yeah, I mean the pasta isn't really carrying the load there as much as the other things. It's just a hollow tube. But um, well, uh, let's I like face a good it, manicotti. How mu- it it it's yeah. all about texture and something yeah. because there's really not that much flavor. <laughs> okay, what is the third trendy thing, Mom? Okay, this is this is what I've seen, and I think this is. I don't know where I've seen this, uh, but, you know, probably the hated Facebook that saltines with butter are are the new hors d'oeuvre from the 50s, you know? Have you heard that one? Saltines no. with butter? I don't get it. There's nothing... Speaking of Soviet <laughs> Russia. There's nothing... 
to get. That's just it. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing to it. Um, no, I haven't heard this, Mom. Well, that's it. That's my last my last thing. So but- at your final, your finer cocktail parties and social gatherings, right. they're serving um, crudite and saltines with butter. Right. Which are all good things that you can just make soup with after everybody goes home. Cause yeah, there you go. Just put it in a broth. Yeah. There you go. That, Nobody um, eats crudite. Well, what do you think of that, Mom? Um, I think, you know, I used to eat it as a kid after school, you know, before you went out the door again to to play or whatever. I, I, I am shocked by it, to tell you the truth, that somebody thinks that's even worth mentioning although i did too so but <laughs> it just seems, um, it's weird it's just weird i think well you know i love peanut butter yes. on a saltine yes um but that's something exactly you took the words right out of my mouth yeah there's some substance to it right um oh, well thanks for keeping me up on the latest yeah. trends mom no i was not aware yeah. of that uh, phenomenon at all and let's all be sure to hoard any pastina we can get. Yeah. Oh, if you've got some pastina yeah. in your cabinet, don't cook it. Right. Put, put it, it on eBay. That's right. Put it right next to your toilet paper that you bought two years ago that yeah. you're still trying to use. <laughs> it's up. still working your way yeah. through. Yeah. Um, Ma, you uh, sent me the Gum of the Month Club. Did we talk about this? La- I think we teed it up last time, but I hadn't received it yet. Right. Um, from what I recall. Now, as we mentioned on the podcast, I don't chew gum, but... What a wonderful gift this was, because you open it up. First, the cl- cloud of gum smell comes. Just the You've got the cinnamon of the big red mixing with the fruit or artificial sweetie of the juicy fruit. What is it? Hubba bubba, double bubble, blackjack, clove gum, all the uh, brands mom had in there. And I just smelled each one, and it brought back so many memories. Aroma can do that. Um, and that was like a little box of childhood uh, recollections that you sent me, Mom. Very sweet. I mean, you sent me all the months at once, right? I it's did. not going to be a huge box of gum every month. Oh, no. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it will not be coming any, every month. It's just a one-time uh, thing because I thought it was a funny idea. And it was fun to look for all the different gums. Uh, and and I found a gum T-shirt, so that was extra fun. Oh my God, the gum T-shirt was so cute. Yeah, I uh, I put it through the wash first. Do you still do that, right? Wash things first. Uh, it depends how much I want to wear it. Usually, I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm so afraid of all the chemicals that are on those things. Uh, I gotta wash it first. That's right. So you're Maybe washing I'm paranoid. machine. Yes, it's good because then you just put them right into your drinking water. Um, or what are we back in Soviet Russia again (laughs) our sewers still function (laughs) here in Chicago give me a break Um, so that was wonderful thank you mom and maybe we'll uh, open that up I do happen to have another t-shirt so maybe sometime in the future we'll oh we'll have a contest we'll have a contest for that for a gum gum box gum box all right, Mom. Um, with trepidation, I ask if you are ready to talk about Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. Uh, yes, I am. All right. 
TV producer Norman Lear is known for a number of influential shows from the 70s, whether it's his crown jewel, All in the Family, or other gems like Maud, The Jeffersons, or Sanford and Son. Lesser known, but still a cult favorite, is the satirical soap opera Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. The show's title character, Twice Over, is a housewife who's trying to live the great American life as she perceives it through TV and magazines. The madness of existence as a soap opera character perpetually thwarts her efforts at normality. The show is anchored by the spacey, almost stream-of-consciousness performance by Louise Lasser as Mary, but the supporting cast also includes Greg Malavy as Mary's zero of a husband. At least I think he's a zero. Mary Kay Place as Loretta, an intensely determined would-be country singer. And Graham Jarvis as Loretta's devoted husband. Here's a clip. Blanche, get me a big bowl. Get me a really big bowl. Right. Okay? Now, you listen to me, Leroy Fetters. Liquor and sleeping pills are very bad for you. Chicken soup is very good for you. Chicken soup is good for anything that ails you. It may not be good for, like, if you're bleeding internally or broken bones, but it's good for anything else that ails you. Now, do you understand that? Who... Who is the they that says that, Murray? Mary. An entire ethnic group, Leroy. The whole Jewish people. And they ought to know. I mean, they practically invented chicken soup. Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman, of course, is no longer on the air, but fortunately, hundreds of episodes are available on YouTube. Mom, Mom, what did you think? What did you think of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman? Um... I thought it was really weird. (laughs) Now, I texted mom and I said, Mom, did you watch Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman back in the day? And mom said, yes, I believe I did. So I said, great, we'll do it. Because I wanted to get the perspective of someone who experienced it at the time. Because I'm coming at it having this, you know, I'm always rummaging through the pop culture. Um, And I discovered this and um, I had heard of it before. I knew of it, but I had never watched an episode And I watched it and I said, I can't believe this was on TV. It is so weird. Uh, um, So you watched it back in the day and I imagine didn't find it as bizarre. It's intentionally strange. It's a, you know, it's a satirical show. I don't know if it's gut bustingly funny, but it's um, what did you make of it now versus what you recall thinking of it back then? Well, um. Not unlike All in the Family, as you mentioned, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it seemed very. Uh, I can't I can't use the word revolutionary, but it was definitely a phenomenon. I'll say that mm. that it was really something that people were talking about, and you really wanted to see it. I can't say I was a great fan. It was on very late. I think at oh. night and um and it was on every night during the week. Yeah, they made like 500 some odd episodes. It only lasted a couple of years, but they it was a daily strip. Right. Right. 
And the more we watch it, the more I watched it now, I just, I, I, after each one that I watched, I just said, God, that's weird. That's, that's really <laughs> weird. That's just weird. Um, it's uh, dated, I think. Well, yeah. It hasn't, you know, some things don't date, I mean, don't age uh, so drastically. Well, a TV soap opera, though, yeah. is going to. Yeah. Anything produced daily is of its moment, necessarily. Well, we didn't look at it that way then. Oh, of course not. You don't look at it that way when you're in the moment. It's just existence. But, you know, we. this is why I love game shows so much, too, is they had to put them out daily. They didn't have time to think about, nor did they care about the future or people seeing this 20 years from now. It was just all about now. And that's why I think these um, disposable TV shows, um, intended as disposable at the time, but they had lasting power, uh, are so fascinating because they, you know, I guess this is what life was like in the 70s. Your neighbors were dying with their face down in a bowl of chicken soup and um, people were having national break or breakdowns on national TV, as Mary does at the end of the first season. Um, in a storyline that echoes the actual experience of Louise Lasser, who became so famous uh, so quickly and had to work so hard uh, as the anchor of this daily TV show, um, after a couple seasons, she got burnt out yeah. and had to leave. Um, so, it, And it's weird how that echoes the, um, the first season finale in which she does have a breakdown on a TV talk show. Um, it's it's like a candle burning so bright. Now, let's talk about some of the specific weirdness that you experienced. I mentioned the chicken soup, for one. Right, right. And I was going to mention uh, her going to the library to pick up some books on oh. on sex, I'll just say, <laughs> sex. sex. And they, they have some very uh, suggestive titles and whatnot. So she goes in very timidly. Um, and there's a man at the desk. So this creates a problem for her because I think she envisioned going in and the lady librarian would be there and she could get the books and feel comfortable. But now she's uncomfortable with the man that's on duty. And he's not particularly um, shocked or interested in her books, but she's right. embarrassed. She's embarrassed, She's embarrassed to get them from him. They're, you know, about orgasm, orgasm and, and you. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Um, well, that was the first episode I ever watched of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, Mom. And that was the first scene I saw of her going to the library. And I was just immediately drawn in by Louise Lasser's, you know, like I said in the intro, like almost stream of consciousness. I don't know how much she's just making it up on a general template or if they wrote every word of her stammering and meandering. I can't imagine they did, but um, it's a, a mode of performance that you really don't see on TV. It's meandering and aimless and um, diffident, and I just couldn't get enough of it. Really? Um, she, uh, oh, she, I mean, she makes me uncomfortable, but in a way that I find very funny um, and irresistible. I don't know. And I can't really put my finger on why, because I, it's a performance that's hard to put your finger on by well, design. There, there is definitely an innocence to it, 
Um, well, and she wears these like girly clothes, right? She looks like a case of arrested development. Yeah. Yeah. The phenomenon, not the show. Um, <laughs> right, right. Um, there is a, um, a disconnection, I think, between it, how much of this is her and how much of this is acting. And you, mm. you'll never figure that out. The, the acting re puts me in mind of uh, Diane Keaton, who also uh, had a uh, more present flightiness to her, I think. But, yeah. but sort of similar, you know, a little odd, a little um, attractive, you know, not a little attractive, but attractive, flighty. And yet keeps the keeps the plot moving right along and keeps your interest. I think I think that they're very similar. Well, I don't know how much um, <clears throat> Louise Lasser keeps the plot moving along. It seems to uh, well, she almost serves to extend scenes with her stammering and meandering. She does, but uh, but she also uh, you know you're happy when you when she pops on the screen. I think you're happy to see her and yeah, see what unfolds. That we get to stop talking about Mary all the time, which is is often the subject matter, and get to see her. Um, I think the Woody Allen connection is uh, is a germane one. Louise Lasser was in a bunch of Woody Allen movies. Do you remember Louise Lasser from Girls too, Mom? You remember when we talked about Girls? Yeah. Louise Lasser played BD, the old woman who uh, hires Jessa as her assistant and oh. wants to commit suicide by a uh, pill. Um, I don't that remember was that. Lasser, but yeah. Um, the Woody Allen connection is a good one because I think those Woody Allen films, especially of the 70s and around then, uh, are about these naturalistic performances. Not big, um, but using the um, using the size of the screen to magnify the emotions and not the size of the performance is how I would characterize yeah, it. Yeah, I think um, that's a and... good <clears throat> analysis. So you like it. You find it very engaging. <laughs> I mean, there's some dead spots, right? So, you know, some of the scenes seem to take a long time to, as soap opera scenes will. Right. You know, that's that's the that's how they operate. Um, they take a long time to get not so much new information out. But yeah, I did enjoy it. I watched it over lunch um, for the better part of a week every day, and um, I've still got a window open with an episode. But I, it was so odd. Um, and I did find Louise Lasser, I just couldn't take my eyes off her. Um, she's kind of grotesque in those little girl clothes that she always yeah. wears as yeah. she navigates these adult situations. There's something discomforting about the way she's styled, um, and her performance as we've discussed. Um, but I like that. I like that little itchiness, uh, about the show. I just, like I said at the beginning, mom, I can't believe this was on TV. Um, I can understand why it was a cult hit. Um, cause I have to imagine there were a lot of people tuning in every day and saying, oh, I can't believe this. Um, and when I say can't believe it, not because it's so salacious or anything, you know, or, um, you know, it deals with adult themes as any soap does, but just cause it's so strange. It's um, so strange. Weird. Um, and I, and it doesn't really fit with the other Norman Lear shows to, to me. Um, it doesn't seem of a piece with the Jeffersons or all in the family, 
Um, I don't know how deeply he was involved in the making of the daily uh, show, but it uh, doesn't jibe with those other ones. Well, I think when I read about it, it's it referred to uh, that it was supposed to be a statement on consumerism. Yeah. I, I didn't There's get some that. some of that. But yeah, I didn't it, get it, that very much. But I do think uh, the introduction of uncomfortable subjects certainly... All in the Family, the Jeffersons, those shows were were more uh, appeal to the masses yeah. as opposed to this little nugget. And maybe this was just uh, dipping your toe in the water to see will people tolerate <laughs> this. I, You know, yeah. who knows? Um, I'd love to know more about it, and I will continue to research it because um, it's a strange moment in TV history. Thank you for looking at it with me, and thanks, listeners, for going on this flight of fancy with me. Mom, what is your grade for Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman? I give it a C. Um, I think it's worth seeing. Okay. Um, if you enjoy it, then you should watch it all, and if it's not your cup of tea, <laughs> at least you gave it a try. You know, I looked at it on YouTube, and there were, on many of the videos, there were comments from people saying, like, oh, I was sick uh, for a week, and I watched the whole run of the, I, I mean, I can't imagine entering that world and watching all, there's 200-some-odd episodes on YouTube, maybe more, um, but if you search, you'll find them, and they're all there in order, so you can go through the series as you please. But um, if you're sick, you've you've probably dozed through a few a few of the episodes. So. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, now, if did you're you... sick, you probably can't tell the the <laughs> dreams from the reality <laughs> from, from the TV, right? Right, right. <laughs> as I... you go in and out of consciousness, there's no real break from the strangeness. Now, did you go on to watch any Fernwood tonight? Uh, no, okay. um, no, which is what it was after Mary left or after Louise Lasser left. Yeah. yeah. It didn't last too long after she no. left from what I no, understand. No, no. Okay. What's your recommendation this week, mom? My recommendation this week is a show called the detectorists. Uh, I say that because the two men that are the main characters in this show are very, uh, on point with that name very important to <laughs> they are not detectors they are two men that have metal detectors and are <laughs> canvassing a certain area uh it's a it's british or wales or something like that but you don't need subtitles you can understand them which is a a joy uh and they are out uh most every day with their metal detectors. Um, and it tells about their personal life and things that they dig up. And uh, it's a very, you know, it's not fast moving. It's not adventuresome. It's very interesting and tranquil. And you'll want to get a metal detector after you watch this. Is it fiction, Mom? It is. Okay, so it's a fiction series. It's not actual guides. I thought this was no. like actual guys in the countryside, like American Pickers or something. No, 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 no. Treasures. And they're, you know, they're a little quirky. They're a little quirky and um, tells about their their families, which is interesting and satisfying. And Daddy and I have been enjoying it. It's very relaxing and fun. 
the detectorists. And where can we find this, Mom? On Prime Video. Or... On Prime Video. Okay. I see it originally aired on the BBC Network. Yes. BBC Four. Oh, ooh. I think that's their only network, isn't it? Everything we've reviewed from there, all the funny shows, Um, aren't they? There's Channel 4, um, (laughs) ITV. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other British networks. You got me. But no, they have other ones. Great. The Detectorists uh, on Amazon Prime. Thanks, Mom. Boy, that one went by fast, but that will do it for this edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back soon to talk about more. Um, Although my script is blank here, uh, what should we talk about, Mom? Hurry. How about something interesting? Something interesting. We'll run with it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And we love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.